Philippians chapter 3, let's read verses 17 through 19 as we continue our study here in the book of Philippians. We'll wrap this up probably with about two or three more sermons. Look in verse 17. Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as you have us for an example. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is their destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Word of God. We thank you for these that have come out. We know that the weather has uh, kept some of our folks home tonight. We, we understand that completely. We ask you to bless them and help them. We ask you to be with Brother Greg and that he'll be okay after uh, his issue at work. We just pray that you'll bless tonight as we open up the Scripture and continue in this book. Lord, I pray that you'll bless greatly. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. When I think of role models, I have a, a list of, of people that I look up to. Now, they change through the years. I mean, when I was a kid, you know, Bugs Bunny, he was one of my heroes. He still is. I mean, if you ask me today, who are your heroes? Who are your sports, music, or whatever? The first one would be Dale Murphy from the Atlanta Braves. I sat with my mama and watched them lose for years and years and years. Love Dale Murphy. I love the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Uh, he's, he's one of my all-time favorites. In fact, while we were on our cruise every night, our friends, they gave me a personal gift every night. And I have American Dream, Dusty Rhodes doll. And he will somehow appear into a sermon sometime real soon. I'm working on it now. But my all-time favorite hero is Herschel Walker. And I have an autographed football on my desk. Benny, you cannot have it. But when you think about those guys, I've never met any of them. Never met any of them. But when you think of heroes, when you think of people you look up to in your life, that people that you really call on, you're thinking of some right now, maybe a, a school teacher. I was talking last night, we were talking, I had a fifth grade teacher, her name was Miss Boyles, and she was up at McConnell Elementary, it used to be Dallas Elementary back in the day, and she was the best. She was so good to me, and I was so bad to her, but she treated me right, and I loved, and you think about it in your past, and right now some of y'all are going way back, way back, I've stopped, I haven't gone any further back, but I think of people in my life like my pastor, I talk about him often. I wouldn't be where I am today without him. I look up to him. He's not doing good. He's not feeling good. Um, there's a lot of things going on with him. But through the years, I have looked up to him. He has been a, a role model. I've watched him. I've observed him as he, not only as he preached, Brother Darrell, but I watched him as a young preacher as he dealt with people. When Sister Flapperjaws would come up, and Brother Dowder would come up. He dealt with them rationally. I thought one time, I'd have punched that girl right in the jaw if she'd have said that to me. But he dealt with them very calmly, very rationally. And I've watched him through the years and others that I observe. And you've probably done the same thing. Everybody needs a good role model. If you're looking for a role model in music today, forget it. It ain't going to happen. There's not many in sports left. They're just not there anymore. 
Who are your role models? I hope and pray somebody in your life is a role model to you. The Apostle Paul here is talking about role models. He's talking about how we should have people in our life that we look up to. On one occasion, Henry Ford and a friend reading lunch. And the friend said, who is your best friend? Ford wrote on a piece of paper, your best friend is he who brings out the best that is within you. Everybody's not your friend. (laughs) Everybody's not your friend. If you've pastured, everybody's not your friend. If you've led uh, music, you've been a deacon, you realize and understand real quick like everybody is not your friend. But role models are needed. We need to have people that we can look up to. And this is what Paul is telling us tonight. The first thing I want to look at is there are those after whom we should walk or positive examples. Look in verse 17. He said, brethren, be followers together of me. And mark with mark them which walk so as you have us for an example. You need a good role model. Paul is saying he is going to be the example. That's a very bold statement. That's a very bold statement. But I realize and I understand as pastor that y'all look at me. I'm the pastor. I'm the shepherd. I'm the leader. I'm, I'm all those things. And I realize it, it's a hard place to be because what some people don't realize is that I'm just flesh. And boy, I make mistakes like anybody else. But Paul was, was saying that he is a, a model. Bear in mind that Paul wasn't an entertainer. He was an evangelist. He wasn't a film star. He was a faithful servant. He wasn't a rock singer. He was a deemed saint. He was saying role models should be those that know the Lord, love the Lord, serve the Lord, obey the Lord, honor the Lord. Paul tells us that a Christian should be a role model. We see we should mark their lives. Look in verse 17 again. You're still there. That word mark means to fix the attention Upon with the desire or interest in to observe intently to take special note or keep eyes on. Paul was saying, pay close attention to those that live a godly life. Because that's what, when it all boils down to, it doesn't matter how many touchdowns your hero has. What matters is that person that you're watching, do they lead a faithful life? Can you, can you watch them and learn how to lead a faithful life? And I lived with two pretty good role models. They didn't have all of, they wasn't, daddy wasn't a teacher or a preacher. God knows he wasn't a singer. My mama was a singer, but they were role models because we knew there was no question that weaver wagon was going to church. If you were sick, You'd better throw it and prove it. And then mom would say, now you feel better. Now let's go to church. I mean, I had examples of what it means to be faithful. My mom and daddy weren't rich. My mom and daddy worked hard every single day. They're, well, they, daddy went to work every single day of his life. I wouldn't say he actually worked hard at Sequoia Nuclear Plant, but he took care of our family. But we went to church. We served God. And I would watch as I got older. I would see every Sunday morning, my mama would write out the tithes check, stick it in her Bible, 
every single Sunday. And I remember watching that as an example. And I'm sure you have those examples as well. There are times you may wonder, is there anybody that's faithful to God anymore? So many people that I know, so many people that you know, used to serve God. Used to live a godly life, but because of situations, they don't do that. So we should mark their lives. We should mimic their lives. Brethren, be ye followers together of me. That word simply means imitator. Our word mimic is derived from that word. Paul was saying that he wanted the believers at Philippi to imitate his life. Now, he wasn't perfect and he wasn't saying he was, but he was telling them, my example is Jesus Christ. The ultimate example that we should pattern our life after is Jesus Christ. Paul was saying, I want you to be close to the Lord like I am. I want you to love the Lord like I do. Paul was speaking to those folks there and telling them that over the book of Thessalonians, he says, and be ye and ye become followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy and of the Holy Ghost, so that you were in samples to all that believed in Macedonia and Achaia. And that's 1 Thessalonians 1, 6, and 7. Titus 2, 7, and 8. In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works, in doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil, evil thing to say of you. The purpose of a role model is to be a beacon to guide the ship. A model, a role model is somebody that points people to the Lord. When you go to a church, when you see a pastor, when you hear a preacher, you can tell a lot about how many times they talk about me, 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 me. There is nothing good about me. Nothing. I don't have the preacher hair I don't have the preacher voice. I don't have the preacher look. I tell my buddy down in Dallas, Georgia, Johnny, I said, you've got it. You've got the hair. He's got that preacher voice when he talks. He talks, you know. He's got all the, everything he's supposed to have. And I said one day, I said, I don't have any of that. He said, yeah, but you've got something. Because people want to be around you. I'm a people person. That's just the way that I am. But we are to point people to the Lord. Paul was saying, look at Jesus. There was a a little boy. I read this the other day. A little boy was sent to bed because he was using foul language. His father came home and she told him what had happened. And he said, I'll teach him to swear. He started up the stairs about halfway up. He tripped and you heard the awful swearing. And the wife said, you better come on down now. I think he's had enough of his first lesson. Yeah, we got to be examples. Those kids are tape recorders, dad. I remember one time I was in my truck, straight shift, and Caleb was about five. And some old gal pulled right out in front of me and I jammed the brakes and shifted down and I didn't say anything and Caleb said, Dad, you going to call her an idiot? 
Well, anyway, he's been driving with his mama. See, that's what it's all about right there. That's where it all came from. <laughs> Amen. The second thing in our text, there are those for whom we should weep. Negative examples. Look in verses 18 to 19. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is their destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, whose mind earthly things. Paul speaks of good role models. Now he speaking of, speaks of bad ones. Oh my word, how much do you have to look at some of these movie stars? Some of these pink haired soccer players. Those aren't good role models. Now, there are some good role models in sports. There's some really good role models in sports and and entertainment, but that's not them. But let me say, you need to understand, too, that if you don't know the Lord, you're not going to be a good role model. If somebody doesn't know the Lord, they're not going to be a good role model. There's something about serving God, loving God, and being an example. And Paul was talking about, now he's talking about those that, that are negative. There's nothing to envy about the depravity of their lives. Paul, no doubt, in our text was talking about the Greeks, a group of Greeks, uh, the Epicureans, if you will, and the school of philosophy that taught the satisfaction of physical appetites and all this stuff. Paul in this verses is not talking about gluttony, not at all. Paul describes, first of all, their sensual way of life. He said there in our text, their God is their belly. He's not speaking of, of gluttony in this particular text. That's not what he's speaking of. He's speaking of their sensual appetites. 2 Timothy 3, 4. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. The word, the crowd, this was the crowd in which they partied. They lived wrong. They served other things. They were sensual. Their glory was their shame. And how many times you can see people live in a very shameful way? How many times can you see uh, there? I was watching some stuff the other day about a, a preacher from Murfreesboro. His name's Greg Locke. Just a, just a mess. He is bringing shame to the cause of Christ by his outbursts and by the way he acts. That's not what preachers are supposed to do. But I can tell you of many preachers that I know that are currently doing that. He, Paul said, whose glory was their shame. He describes them in shameful way. But finally, Paul spoke of their secular way of life. He spoke of them who mind earthly things. All they're worried about is right here. All the word about is right here, but there's so much more. There was a millionaire that died. He said this, and I quote, I am the most miserable man on the earth. Isn't that sad? Isn't it sad for somebody that had everything? You look in the Luke when Jesus talked about the rich man and Lazarus. That rich man had everything. He lived a great life. When he died, they had a great big funeral for him. 
But the Bible said in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torment. But then Lazarus, just, just an old beggar, just trying to get crumbs from tables. But yet he was carried away to heaven by the angels. You see, it's, if everything we do is for this life, we're in trouble. And I know a lot of people that are climbing that ladder of success. I know people that in my trade that are going all across the country working. And there's a lot of work across this country. And they're making a pile of money. A lot of them have a good thoughts. We've talked about Tracy. He's got a good thought. He's trying to pay his house off, trying to get ready to retire. There's a lot of people I know. And that's good. But while we're doing that, we're forgetting the spiritual things. And at the end, you know what matters? The spiritual things. At the end, when you're laying in a casket, it doesn't matter if you have a dollar or a million dollars. You're dead. It doesn't matter going to heaven or hell what you have in your pocket. What matters is what you've done for the Lord and asking the Lord Jesus to save you. Paul's description of them can be summed up and they were eating and drinking and being merry and having a great time. When a person lives only for the sensual, the shameful, and the secular, they think they found it all. But that's not the case. We see there is nothing to envy about the destiny of their life. In verse 19, it says, whose end is destruction. Paul tells us that they're headed for doom. They're headed for destruction. Why are so many people out there hating God, hating the Bible, hating anything that we do for the Lord, that they're hating that. They have everything in this life folks one day it's going to be over and when it's over for this old boy that purple headed soccer player she doesn't mean a thing to me she's a disgrace she didn't mean a thing to me I don't mean a thing to her we've never met but I pray somewhere somehow she gets saved Seth and I were talking, and Kathy was talking last night or not before last, about homosexuals. I don't hate them. I don't hate them. And if you do, you're wrong. If you hate people that are homosexual, you are wrong. But when it comes to the independent Baptist movement... The pastors, the churches focus on two sins, homosexuality and abortion. They're both wrong. They're both an abomination. I'll tell you up front, they're wrong. It's against God. But there's a whole lot of other sins. There's a whole lot of other things that we do that we say, oh, but these are no. All sin is the same when it comes to God. Y'all hearing me tonight? All sin is the same. We want to we want to choose. We're going to choose this sin and we're just going to beat it to death. Listen. I pray for those that I know. I have some friends that that have homosexuals in their family and I pray for them. Cuz it's tough. It's hard. But are we to hate them? No. We're to love them. Are we to hate that one that 
cheated on his wife, hate that one that cheated on her husband? We'd hate that one that abused his family? No. We're to love them. Is it hard? Yeah, very hard. Uh, I'm going to give you just a little sneak peek to Sunday's sermon. I'm going to mention this Sunday. But those people that have wronged us, we're to love them. That's hard for me. I'll be honest with you because I'm just a human being. And when you're serving God and you're doing everything in your power and everything God has showed you, you're trying to build a church and then somebody decides to drag your name around wrathful, it hurts. But I'm also an old redneck from Saudi Daisy and it makes me mad. I'm just going to be honest with you. It makes me mad. And I'm thinking, no, wait a minute. Hang on just a second. Time out. I stood by you. I stood for you. I stood with you. I helped you. And you're going to stab me in the back. What did Paul say? Demas has forsaken me. And that's all he said. Think about that. He didn't belittle him. He didn't get on his Facebook post and talk about how sorry Demas was. All he said was, Demas has forsaken me. He let it be known. But then he moved on. A little sneak peek from this Sunday sermon. We're going to look at falling in love with the church. In the next three weeks, we're going to cover things from the church. But Paul here, back in our text, these three verses, he said those that live that kind of lifestyle are not good role models. But what do our kids listen to? What do our kids watch? What do our kids see? Not so good role models. That's why as parents, as grandparents, we have to be their role model. We have to live a life pleasing unto them. So just simple tonight, very simple from these few verses. But I just wonder, when you were talking about joy in this book, this book is a book of joy. We've looked at the single mind in chapter one, the submissive mind in chapter two, and chapter three, we're looking at the spiritual mind. And then four, the chapter four be the secure mind. We're talking about joy. Those people that don't bring you joy are the people that are bringing you down. I said you have to love them. I didn't say you have to like them. I didn't say you have to spend every, y'all hearing me? I didn't say you have to go out and eat with them. Love them. Love them. Y'all hearing me tonight? I didn't say you had to go out and, and go on a camping trip with them or anything. I just said we have to love them. You want joy in your life? Paul is trying to tell us in this book about how to get joy. Chapter three is spiritual mind. I look at so many things different than I did 20 years ago when I first started pastoring. I look at things a lot different. You can even ask my wife. She knows and we've talked about it. There's things that 20 years ago, I look at a lot different than I do now. I, I, I look at things from a different perspective than I did 20 years ago. I look at when people come in church a little different than I did 20 years ago. Because I have a different outlook. I have a different perspective. I've seen people. I've been with people. Y'all understand what I'm saying? We as Christians, we as the body of Middle Cross need to realize and understand that people walk in the doors of this church hurting. Yes, 
hurting. You say, well, I don't hurt. Well, there's people that are. There's people, and I'm, I'm going to hush because I'm going to get on Sunday's sermon. Y'all don't have to hear it twice. There are people that haven't been at church in years. Years. Good people, many. People that love the Lord. But because of people, they don't come anymore. We have to realize and understand when people walk in the doors of our church, some of them are hurting. And we need to be an example, as Paul is telling us. We need to have that good role model. We need to be that good role model. We need to shine the light of Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads for prayer.